0: The NASCAR Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. Driver, start your engine! Welcome in everyone to another episode of the NASCAR Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, screaming at you since early 2002. I am Rod Villagomez, he is Cody Zeeb. Uh, Welcome into (laughs) the show, Cody. How much uh, of the English language are we going to abuse today?
1: uh yeah probably a lot of it so if you don't like our abuse of the language <laughs> get the fuck out oh just kidding
0: <laughs> no not abusive language abuse of the abuse language of,
1: yes abuse of the language just
0: kidding if you guys don't know already go back listen to yeah. the x Xfin- or the xfinity show all will be explained to you just having a little fun at uh, one of our our recent reviewers expense uh because you know if you can't laugh at yourself cody who the hell else can you laugh at
1: exactly yeah it's you know whatever the of course it comes the day after we read the like extremely long well thought out written review shout out to james for that by the way um so yeah we're gonna we're gonna just go with uh james's i just
0: i just think it's funny to say that that either one of us has to well i mean you know i know you're not a professional broadcaster but you could put that past me i i wouldn't have known listening to you but i mean to work on my broadcast i taught college classes on Broadcasting skills. I don't
1: know. I'm gonna guess that comment was directed towards me anyways, Rob. Uh, I I uh, doubt it. I doubt uh, it. (laughs) Either way, I mean whatever. It's yeah, it it don't bother me. So (laughs) it's funny. I like to laugh at it. Me too. But me too. Not, uh, I'll be sleeping just fine tonight. Well, 45 <laughs> seconds
0: is long enough to give that guy enough uh, other oxygen. Let us move on because, of course, we are heading to Sonoma. I am actually heading. Literally. Tonight. yeah, am heading there, yes. My vehicle <laughs> will be heading towards Sonoma on Sunday morning, uh, which bright and early. I plan on getting there before the wine wakes up, and uh, I, I'm thinking that I'm probably going to try to put at least one or two gallons down by the time the green flag waves. And we'll see where we go from there. But, yeah, I'm definitely excited to be at that race. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. It'll be my second year with Press Access. And, man, they do it right at that track. It's just, I mean, they let you anywhere. You could do all the stuff you want to do. So, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I had a great time at Kansas Speedway, obviously, a few weeks ago. Uh, So, pumped for you to to get back to Sonoma. I know you've been there once before. And, like, in my experience, the second time, this was my second time at, at Kansas, too second time was better than the first time you kind of got get the feel of the land you kind of know more about what's going on and uh, makes it makes it a little easier so uh yeah I'm, I'm super pumped for you to uh, to get out there and do that again
0: Stop being the little wallflower at the side like just waiting and seeing right. what can I do what, how can I talk to you am I allowed to talk yeah, you to get- you <laughs> <laughs> it's like nah this time I'm gonna be like what up we're here with the sports Kelly podcast now let's go. <laughs>
1: Yes, exactly.
0: (laughs) uh, All right. It is, of course, the uh, Toyota Save Mart 350. Uh, It is the road course race, the second one of the season. Uh, No stage breaks, no anything. This is, of course, the DFS episode, as there are no trucks rolling this one. So go back, listen to the cup, listen to the Xfinity, get the betting picks. Today is uh, one of James's favorite, which is the DFS episode. So Mm -hmm. uh, enjoy listening to this one. Hopefully, we'll give you some good DFS plays to play out. Uh, obviously, when we start getting to talking about the actual drivers themselves, there's a way we think this race is going to shake out. And we'll we'll tell you that. But we're also here to give you what we think are good DFS plays for the slate. But, Cody, there's there's some news, right, that we got to get to real quick?
1: Yeah, a couple pieces of news here. Uh, unfortunately, if you recall last week, uh, Noah Gregson, when his brake rotor blew, he tried to steer it down into the infield. Things did not go well. He hit the wall extremely hard. Uh, Legacy Motor Club said today he's been experiencing concussion-like symptoms. He's not been diagnosed with a concussion, but he is experiencing sim- concussion-like symptoms. Um, and so he will not be racing this weekend at Sonoma. Grant and will be jumping up into uh, from the truck series into the car. And Finger, obviously, no truck duties this weekend. Um, and Legacy Motor Club, formerly Patty GMS, is co-owned by Maury Gallagher. Who also owns GMS Racing in the Truck Series? That's who Endfinger races for. So makes a lot of sense. Uh, you kind of at first I was like, why didn't why why Grant Endfinger? That seemed a little strange. You know, maybe why not one of the bigger Chevy drivers, right, from the Xfinity Series? But uh, who would already be there at the track? But it makes sense with Endfinger because of the fact that he is a GMS driver um, and he can just focus solely on wheeling that 42 around this weekend. So um yeah so no noah gregson he has been marked as out over on dfs and endfinger has already been added to the pool he'll be in at 5400 um i don't think either of us is going to talk about today no uh, i don't know i'd <laughs> I'd have to i'd have to dig in deeper to how he's done in the truck series on road courses but that 42 cars been pretty slow overall so i, I probably wouldn't uh play him too much we'll see if he starts dead last or something maybe worth it i guess but not going to be a guy we're talking about today.
0: <laughs> nah, and, and it's not for lack of talent. Obviously, we know he just came off of winning the race, the truck race, the last one that yeah. he did. So, it's not as if he's not successful. But, just like you said, this 42 car, just not been something we wanted okay. to bet on, even with Noah Gregson <laughs> in the seat, yeah. right? So, why why would we want Grant Enfinger? Not, again, not that yeah, he's not talented, but...
1: Yeah, and it's not an upgrade in talent at all. I mean, Infinger's a great driver. He's got two truck series wins already this season, and he does a great job. But Gregson, I mean, was, you know, is one of the highest, you know, rated or whatever you want to say, like upcoming guys from the last few years. You haven't been able to tell so far because they've been so slow, but that's not really been Noah's fault. I don't think it's just the equipment. I mean, we all know how talented Noah is watching him last couple of seasons in Xfinity.
0: Well, I think it's safe to say, Cody, that this would not be our Edge Double Down Boost if we were to play this in DFS at all. (laughs) But we will give you what our favorite Edge Double Down would be uh, on DFS later on in the show. But let's talk to you a little bit about Edge Boost. This show is supported, and this episode in particular is supported by Edge Boost. Edge Boost is the world's first bet now, pay later Visa card. Edge is currently offering up to $2,500 in betting advances. Can't even tell you. It's going to be an extremely valuable tool for you. Imagine what you can do with an increased bankroll. I think a lot of us could imagine what we would do with an increased bankroll. Get down on some of your favorite futures without tying up your bankroll. Four months. Tune in next week. We'll give you plenty of opportunities to throw that futures money around as we take a break in the middle of the season to talk about the NASCAR futures or double down on a favorite bet you like. You can even create an awesome middle or even hedge with as well. Edge Boost, it's not some sleazy loan shark. They don't charge any interest. That's zero interest. You know a way that you can access more money to place on your favorite bets without paying any interest? I don't. Maybe you do. But I, I know we both do now. It's called Edge Boost. Edge Boost can also be part of a responsible gambling plan as you can set up daily, weekly, monthly limits across all of your betting accounts in one place. So let's face it, we all want to be responsible gamblers, so make sure you're one. So please, support SGPN. Grow your bankroll by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. That's uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up. Must be 21 years or older to use. Problem gambling call 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: Yeah, it's Edge Boost. Like get signed up now. Um because next week is going to be the perfect week for us to talk a lot of Edge Boost. Uh all three series are off, right? So but we're not off. We're going to still be here. Still got plenty of shows. We got a ton of stuff in the works for you guys. It's going to be a fun week. But we can look at futures. There's been futures bets out there for for all three series kind of all year long. They've just adjusted stuff every week. Indy Cars racing, F1's racing. We're going to still have motorsports to talk about to bet on um and our 200th episode's coming up rod so uh i don't know if, if some of you guys were around for our 100th episode we had a pretty fun one there uh since it falls on an off week and, and we kind of have the time might have to make uh might have to make number 200 pretty fun as well so uh stay tuned for that 200
0: cody two uh, you know that most podcasters don't even make it to 100 episodes
1: like this is a, like seven or five is like the the a lot of like A certain percentage don't even make it past that and if you do that's already considered a success it does feel like we've gotten to 200 very fast obviously we do five a week now so that helps speed up the process but i can't believe we've almost done 200 episodes that's insane if i mean when you reached out to me at the before right before the season last year i almost said no to this because i was like i i i'm not a public speaker like i'd never done anything like this and i'm like I don't know if this guy just got a little drunk and he's just you know, <laughs> maybe he typed in the wrong name. I don't know what's going on here, but uh, boy, sure. Looking back, sure I'm glad that uh, that it worked out since we're uh, almost to 200, which is crazy. And again, you know, it's if, without all of you listeners, it wouldn't be possible. So we appreciate everyone's support. We appreciate your kind comments. Fuck you if you leave a bad review. We don't like you, but. Uh, <laughs> For every bad review we get, a lot of good reviews. So we appreciate those much more.
0: Hey, I mean, there's a billion people in the world. Somebody's bound to not like what we do. But jokes on you, Cody, because I typed in Brody Zeb, and I was—you're right—I was drunk. Uh, and and, C, C <laughs> and look where up. we are now. And so now here we are. Out, right? Sorry, Brody. Didn't mean to uh, to you know take you away from all of this glorious, But uh, uh, that's funny. <laughs>
1: uh, all right. Well, uh, the one one other piece yes. of news, real quick, too. Uh, NASCAR is making some more changes to the next gen. Obviously, now here we are with another driver, possible concussion issues. Again, not officially diagnosed with a concussion, but concussion-like symptoms. Um, so they've been studying the, if you remember the the Kyle Larson, Ryan Priest wreck. Um, was that at Talladega? I believe it was. Um, that really bad impact. That was hard. Uh, both drivers were pretty shaken up after that. They took both of those cars or what was left of those cars, which wasn't a ton, uh, back to the R&D center. And they've been working on recreating the incident and looking at everything. So they kind of completed that. Um, so they're making several. This is from Bob Pachris, of course. That's where we get all our news. <laughs> um, making several changes to the next gen front bumper, front clip and center clip, softening the front clip and front struts. It says slots in various pla- okay, yeah, that's uh, So all these changes will take place at Atlanta in July. Um, they did a crash reconstruction test of the 541 wreck Uh, the 541 wreck had the 5 at a 55 degree angle and the 41 going 59 miles an hour faster Uh, so they crashed a car at 59 miles an hour into a car sitting at a 55 degree angle to test these changes and there is a pretty cool video i'm trying to see did i see that yeah it was here on bob's uh i'll share this in the discord but it shows uh, like what the whole reconstruction looks like, and you can see like from the inside how everything folds up. Pretty cool looking uh, video. So I will share that over in the SGPN Discord. Which shout out—we've had quite a few people join that here recently. Had a couple of people hit me up this week. Uh, how do you how do you get into the Discord? That community just continues to grow. So pretty awesome over there. But uh, yeah, again, NASCAR still continuing to be proactive on the safety front. Right, that's uh, that's their number one concern always I would say. Um, and so they're continuing to make changes and try and make these cars better and better. And uh, that's how we learn, right? Y- something happens. Same thing with like the Ryan Newman wreck at, at uh, Daytona a few years ago, ended up adding more bars. I think after the Joey Logano Bubba Wallace incident where uh, I think it was Joey landed on Bubba or Bubba landed on Joey one or one or the other ended up making some big major changes after that as well. Um, and, and so, yeah, just, just continues to get safer and, and continue to learn with this uh, this new car. How'd you
0: like it if you're sitting at your desk and all of a sudden somebody says, Hey, today we're gonna go crash cars. Come on, go, uh, that's,
1: that's what we're doing today. That's such a fun job. Like, can you imagine? me? like, I always look at that, and I'm like, Oh, look at all that money. Like, I think of my car payment, and I'm like, Oh, just crashing it like that. But that's how that's how they got to do it, right? So but so uh, that would be a pretty fun job to go out there and just be crashing cars.
0: <laughs> like uh, yeah, today your job is to take this uh car, put it at a fifty five degree angle, and we're just gonna run this thing straight into it at fifty nine miles an hour. Cool?
1: Yeah. Ready? And yeah, and break. don't 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 miscalculate because uh, <laughs> if you don't
0: get things right the first time, it's hard to redo that. Yeah. Yeah. Go Okay. Go get the next car. You put it at 53 and a half. We wanted it at 54 degrees. So yeah, that's, ooh. <laughs> I better double,
1: uh, right. Keep, measure, measure twice. Cut
0: <laughs> measure twice, crash once
1: is what it is. Maybe measure te- 10 times and then crash, crash once. once. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I love it. All right, well, speaking of crashing, I don't know that there'll be a ton this week, obviously, on this road, but we don't necessarily see. And even if we do, obviously, the, the uh, local cautions are a thing here on this track. There's very rarely any full full track cautions, uh, especially on this race in particular. Now there's no stage break, so who knows uh, if we'll see any uh, cautions whatsoever especially full course cautions uh, which is going to lead to some strung out race it's going to lead to you needing to lock down a leader for this race for sure and uh, and make sure you hit on some of these guys farther back in the pack because I mean this may turn into a, a quite follow the leader type thing if it uh, if it really does get strung out the way it, it we're thinking it's going to
1: yeah absolutely and uh, yeah it's going to be interesting I think Probably of all of the road courses, I would say this is the one that's most likely to not have a caution, just based on on kind of the history of caution flags here. So I, it would be insane to see an entire race with no caution flags. I don't know that we'll get that far. Um, but there's obviously no built-in in stage cautions, as we talked about earlier this week on the, the betting episode. And so it's going to be free go, and we could get to the point where somebody is just leading a majority of this race. And uh, if that happens, DFS-wise... You're going to need to have that person. Um, It's only 110 laps. We talk about this on road courses. Usually when we come to these, uh, you've got to find the guy who leads the most laps. Right? There's only 110 laps led. There's only 110 fastest laps available. You've got to hit on the person that does that. Uh, Place differential is huge here as well, but so is finishing position. Much like a super speedway, don't look at that uh, DFS lineup too late because you get And late in this race, you go from second to 30th in in the blink of an eye uh, with as many people as usually are on the lead lap at the end of these things. Um, And so it for DFS purposes and for betting purposes that can uh, put stuff up in flames very quickly. I mean, and quite literally, too, as we saw in Portland the other day. Uh, But, yeah,
0: again, with this, you really do have to have the laps led. Talk about a a race like a couple years ago where Kyle Larson led 57 at this track. Daniel Larson, or Daniel Larson, Daniel Suarez. Daniel
1: Daniel Larson. His brother, Daniel Larson.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Daniel Suarez. My mouth getting ahead of me. This is the abuse of the English language. Led uh, 47 as well. In this, so yeah, I mean, not very many laps outside of that can be led. Obviously, back to the 110 lap uh, configuration, like you said earlier, they they took the shoot and took the shoot out. So now we're running 110 laps instead. But uh,
1: yeah, and like last year, I mean, Larson was on the pole, drop of the green flag, and he led until the pit strategy thing, and then Suarez took the lead, and that was it. I mean, once Suarez got to the lead, it, he never looked back. There wasn't a ton of passing. And Elliott and Larson were both very fast early, but there wasn't passing for the lead. It was just follow the leader type of thing, and uh, I really have a feeling that's probably a lot of what we're going to see this weekend. Um, is a lot of of follow the leader up front, and one person's going to get out front, and and whoever that person is is going to rack up those uh, those dominator points, as as they like to say
0: it may be a boring race but something that is not boring is fantasy football if you're listening to this show you know you love you some fantasy anything fantasy football fantasy uh, nascar hockey uh badminton i don't care what it is you probably want to play it i know cody has already got like 15 gazillion underdog fantasy best ball matchups out there right
1: Yes, that's, uh, that's pretty accurate in addition to my 8,000 other fantasy football teams.
0: Yeah, well, that's the Yeah, He's loading up on all fantasy, but most importantly... Yeah,
1: I, I got uh Yeah. You, <laughs> underdog. You, yes, underdog is the way to go.
0: <laughs> but he's definitely got underdog fantasy. And why am I preaching this? Well, we're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here. Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. How can you not go and get on to part of that? And I'm yelling at you for a reason. Plus, penny, plenty of ways to win in the NBA, NHL, and MLB with all of their player props. How do you get in? Head over now to underdogfantasy.com. Use that promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus, uh, bonus up to $100. I'm so excited. I can't even get the readout. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN.
1: We really need to get some NASCAR on uh, Underdog. We need to, yes, uh, we do. to hit some hit some back channels with that and uh, get that going. I love their platform's awesome, like you said. I play a ton of Best Ball over there, um, and yeah, it's it's a great place to play. So we need some uh, need some NASCAR on Underdog. We have to, have to get to work on that.
0: I think uh, I'm gonna have to write my congressman. Dear Congressman, <laughs> let's uh, let's get some Underdog NASCAR, shall we? Um, all right. Like well. It what we do have is DFS in NASCAR, which is what we are here to talk about today. And obviously let's just get this right out of the, out of the shoot, right? Where's wait, guys. Wait, wait.
1: I want to, I want to do this part. Ready? Oh, uh, go ahead. Uh, just, just put one unit on Kyle <laughs> Olson, <Tyler> Reddick, <laughs> and, uh, and chase Elliott. And, uh, yeah, that's it.
0: <sighs>
1: oh, 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 wait a minute. Yeah, For those sorry. of you that listen, sorry, you know yeah, you're yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> inside jokes. Some of you may or may not get it. I said that was going to happen on another show this week. I listened to that show today and it did happen. I was was laughing extremely. Yeah. Just don't don't put one unit on those three guys to win because it's not gonna do you any good. And then somebody else is gonna win and you're gonna lose all your money. So let's let's stay away from irresponsible that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So yes, it is of course the DFS episode. And and look, right from the get-go, we know Kyle Larson is the favorite to win this race. Kyle Larson has sat on the pole five seasons in a row here. He has won this race already. He is a road course guy through and through, whatever you put him in. He was on pace to be one of the favorites to win this last year, probably could have won this last year were it not for strategy and a a big loose wheel at the end. So Kyle Larson, if there was any sort of chalk color whatsoever, he would be the chalkiest of chalk. So you're going to have to play him. You're going to have to put them in some of your lineups. Obviously, we're going to give you a couple more people to, to consider as well. Throw both of them in. Differentiate how you can. But Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Tyler Reddick, all these guys are going it's, to be the chalk.
1: the same conversation we had in, in the betting episode, right? Those three guys are on an equal field right here of the elite of the elite of road course guys in the Cup Series right now. You're going to have to have at least one of them, maybe two of them. It's going to depend where they start, right? At this point, while we're recording this, this is Thursday. We don't know where they're going to start, so we don't know for sure. If they start one, two, three, you're not going to be able to play all three of them because it's not going to work out. You're going to have to pick the guys who, you know, whichever one's going to jump out to the lead. And maybe even if it might be tough to play two of them, even if they're going to start that good, just because there's not going to be any police differential there. Um, but maybe they share the leads. So if you go with that angle, but. Those are three guys. They're obvious. We're not going to come on here and give you them as our DFS plays because those are the three obvious guys to watch. If any of those three guys sits on the pole, likely going to take them. They're likely going to be super heavy chalk, and it's likely going to pay off because they're likely going to lead a lot of laps. They're likely going to finish good. That's just how it goes. So Those three guys, that's where you're going to start your lineup with at least one of those guys, maybe two of those guys. So We want to highlight some other drivers because those are the obvious picks, and I think that at this point, everyone should know those are the top three road course guys, and those are the guys you're going to want to start with.
0: Yeah, Larson at 10.6, Reddick at 10.4, Elliott at 10.3. So, again, all these guys are priced accordingly. and They're all sitting on top of this chart. So uh, pick and choose your poison and go from there. But we have got some pivots if you'd like. So, Cody, why don't you load up your first, I don't want to say high price, but higher priced driver of the day.
1: I, I did go a little bit down on the high price, but he's the ninth highest price driver, um, and I think that he's going to get overlooked because of how much these top guys are. And people, I mean, the, the mass public will shove two of these guys in their lineups almost for certain. So if you want to be different, if you think you're gonna you're gonna hit on the one guy that's going to do it, that's a strategy to play for sure. Um, but I'm gonna go down a little bit. Ninth highest guy on the board, Austin Sindrick, nine thousand one hundred. Is his price tag really like him here? He's sitting underneath of AJ Allmendinger, who's going to be popular because he's a road course guy. Sitting underneath Daniel Suarez, who's going to be popular because he won here last year. Sitting underneath Ross Chastain, because maybe people are still under the illusion that he's going to do something. And then obviously you've got the big three: you got Byron, you got Bush, all above him. So with Cindric sitting here, people are going to double tap above him, skip right over top of him, and not even give him the time of day. But and I get it on a week-to-week basis. You don't want to play it most of the time because it's not done a ton for you lately. But on road courses, Austin Sindrick is good. His background is in road racing. Um, if you don't know, his, his dad, Tim Sindrick, the president of Penske, he's in charge of the open wheel side of things uh, and has a lot to do with the NASCAR program as well. But Penske's in a ton of different racing things. As Austin was growing up, he did a lot of road racing. Wasn't even for sure. I think originally his plan was to try and get to IndyCar. At some point that changed. He wanted to go to NASCAR. um, But he's done a lot of road course racing. He's got 10 starts now in the Cup Series as he's in his second season here. An average finish of 13.4 in those 10 starts. He finished fifth here in his one start at Sonoma last season. So a good run there. And in those 10 road course starts, six times he has finished inside of the top 10. So... Austin Sindrick continues to show up, continues to be very good on road courses. I think he's at the perfect price point right here, only at 9100 So if you want to play one of those top dogs and toss in Austin Sindrick, that's going to allow you a lot of other place. Maybe you can play both and him. I Again, I haven't quite got that far into building lineups yet, but I think he's going to be a really good option that's still in the upper echelon. I don't expect him to go out and lead a ton of laps or get anything like that, but I think he's going to get you a good solid finish. Uh, depending on where he starts, maybe someplace differential. That's what I'm looking for for from him at this price. Um so Austin cindric ninety one hundred. he's the first guy I wanted to highlight
0: and honestly, the narrative now around Cindrick is he's out to prove that he's not a dirty driver, right? this is this is something now that he's he's gonna have to try to go out and prove that he's not. I, it's weird to me to think. That there were so many people. He was the darling of NASCAR during that driver's only rain delay, right? Only to turn around and become heel. I've never seen a heel turn that quick in the WWE where one week he's supremely awesome. And then the next week everyone's like, Boo, Austin Cindrick. Like Twitter was oh, I love Cindric. He's so awesome. And then the next week they're like, You turn Dylan, boo, I hate you. It's like, dang, really? Make up your mind. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was an interesting uh, sweep of emotions from a lot of people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it just—it's like this is why the Twitter mob is never somebody you want to try to pattern your entire world of existence around. So fickle. Uh, all right, Absolutely. look, <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little higher priced in this one. I'm gonna go about a thousand dollars higher than yours. I'll go to ten one. I'll go to Kyle Busch, and and Kyle Busch is not gonna lead you a lot of laps on this. Kyle Busch may not turn a lot of fast laps on this as well but his finishing position has been absolutely solid over the last well since 2015 where he won this race uh starting from 11th position that's where he beat out what was it uh, uh denny hamlin right or no that was uh, tony short um but so yeah kyle, uh, kyle bush won this race in 2015 finished 7th in 2016 5th in 2017 5th in 2018, second in 19 5th in 2021 now, last year was the outlier, but that was a weird race anyways. Uh, he started 12th, ended up 30th for him. Not necessarily indicative of, of what's going on. But, again, his finishing positions have been absolutely solid. At 10-1, you want him to lead some laps? and he's done that. In 2015, when he won, he, won seven, he led 17 laps. The next season, it was two laps, three laps, no laps, three laps, two laps. So, I mean, again, not a lot in terms of laps led for 10 grand. But if you're going to pick uh, somebody in that top three and maybe pair him with a Kyle Bush I don't you know maybe Kyle Bush qualifies uh, toward the back of the pack and, and you think about fantasy days for this too. <clears throat> Pardon me. me. have a rough time talking this week. Uh, maybe I'm just excited about Sonoma. Uh, maybe
1: if you stop screaming so much your throw wouldn't hurt. Oh so bad.
0: that's what <laughs> shit. So he started in 11th and then uh, went to 1st, 8th to 7th, 4th to 5th, took a step back there, ninth to 5th, 7th to 2nd. You know, there's some place differential points are not huge. But, again, finishing position, Cody just said it. It's hard to to get points on this track. So if you know somebody's going to finish top five, right, with the upside of winning, then I think you take that chance at 10-1. And maybe this is a GPP play that you use should something catastrophic happen to Kyle Larson or Reddick or, or Elliot.
1: And honestly, I mean, we talked about him on the, the betting episode as well, but I think that he does have the upside to lead laps. If he comes out and qualifies first, or if he can find a way to get to the front, he's going to be a hard guy to pass. It's not like he's just going to be out there riding. And then these guys are so much better than him. He was hanging with Reddick, continued to give Reddick, uh, you know, he's got close to getting him a couple of times and all those overtimes at Coda, to win that race. He finished second place there. He's fast in that eight car that won three. Was it two or three? I think he won two road courses last season, three races, but two road courses. Um, And so I think that Kyle Busch does have very, very high upside. And even if he doesn't do all that for you, he's likely going to get a good finish here. He should have a nice, solid day. Um, And again, they could gamble if they want to, right? They've got three wins in the bank, so they are locked into the playoffs. They could take a gamble, get him out front. If he can get out there and hold people off, he could get fastest laps. He could get laps led. Um, and so, yeah, I love Kyle Bush. I think he's a great play. Um, and again, at a, at a nice price here at 10100 he's he's close enough to those big three that if people are, are having to choose between Kyle Bush and Chase Elliott or Kyle Bush and Tyler Reddick, they're likely going to take Chase Elliott or Tyler Reddick and not Kyle Bush. Which is gonna leave him on the lower ownership side of things. And if he pans out correctly, could could be a great day for you.
0: I think that playoff thing goes a lot farther than many people realize. You can gamble from here on out. You're lo- I mean, you definitely are locked into the playoffs yes. now. There's no <laughs> intern telling you if you really are locked into the playoffs. So you gotta <laughs> yeah, love it's that. It's
1: not one win where you're not technically locked in and they'll say you're locked in. This is you're you're really locked in now. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, all right, well, listen, we've already we've already covered all of our bases as far as having to take breaks. Let's just go straight into our mid-tier drivers for this slate. Cody, who do you got?
1: Boom, next up for me, Christopher Busher, 7,900. One of my favorite plays on the weekend right here. Love, Chris Busher. You go back to the start of the 2020 season, we've run 16 road course races since then. He is second place on the active driver list for average finish. It's Chase Elliott, who's only run 15 races because obviously he missed Coda, but Chase Elliott's like 6.6. It's absolutely insane. And then Chris Buescher is second place on that list, 11.1 average finish. He's got eight top tens in those 16 races, including six top tens in a row on road courses. Rod, do you remember last year at Indy Road Course, he was on pit road. And his car was literally on fire in the middle of when Ford was having all of those. His, his car was on fire, in flames, and he finished in 10th place that day. <laughs> I remember Chris that. Buescher has a thing for road courses, and I feel it goes so underrated because he's not necessarily the guy that's leading a ton of laps like an Elliott or, or a Reddick or a Larson or always competing for the win, but he's always getting you top solid finishes. Only 7,900. For a guy who's finished in the top 10 six times in a row at road courses, has the second-best average finish over the last two seasons. That's pretty freaking good. Oh, by the way, he finished second place here last season to Daniel Suarez. So that's another uh, bump in his category there. Love, love, love some Christopher Butcher this weekend. 7,900. Especially if he does not start well, then he's going to be almost locked for me if he's starting. Uh, he's probably, there's a good chance, if he starts in the top ten, that's where it's going to be. You're going to have to weigh it probably, but if he starts anywhere 11th or worse, he's almost for certain to be in my lineup just because um, his upside and the positive finishes that he continues to get at these road courses, even when his car is on fire, literally, um, is just been it's been great from Chris Busher.
0: It's crazy to think that RFK, and we, we so dogged on so much last year, and we've talked about how it's time to turn our attention away from that because they've really been turning in solid performances. And, and normally it's been those two cars finishing close together. So I guess if you feel a Chris Buescher type of a week, then you might want to take a look at some Brad Kozlowski as well at $7,700 too, right? I mean, they're right there gonna, next to each know other. I do I'm about that.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm passing on Brad this week. I uh, I don't know. It is uh, tough. It is tough. Brett him, him on road goes. courses lately hasn't been kind.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, his last couple races have sort of been, uh, stingers yeah. for him, but not really his fault anyway. So yeah, yeah I, and I think that is a, a good bet. Uh, all right. I am going to go for my next guy and that's uh Michael McDowell. Fine, fine NASCAR community. I will buy into the hype. I have heard so much Michael McDowell talk that taking him at $7,400 does not seem like a very bad idea. I know so many people have leaned on the fact that he finished third last it scares, season.
1: It scares me how much he's getting hyped up this week. Uh, it
0: does. I almost <laughs> feel like it's a trap, but I I think yes. I'll, this this is one for DFS purposes I will take because if, if you're going to roll him out in one of your lineups, you probably don't need the help. But uh, $7,400, a little bit of investment. He finished third here last season. And, and look, I would tell you finishing third here is a great accomplishment, but then I would also tell you that two of the hottest cars had problems, Larson, Elliott, right? And in a in a race where Daniel Suarez wins, then it tells you there's some shenanigans in there.
1: Even if he finishes fifth, if those guys finish first and second, it's still a pretty solid day.
0: It's true, it's true, but maybe I mean again, I don't know. It's it's like a one sample size out of his finishes before that. 21st, 30th, 24th, 34th, 39th, 14th, 21st, 25th, 28th, and then third. It's like, what? Where did that come from? But here's what I'll say. First
1: time in the new car.
0: It was first time in the next-gen car. But also, he started fourth that day. So that tells me he had speed out of the gate. So it wasn't an anomaly. Whereas the other ones that he started, 34th, 38, 28, 23rd, 20th, 16th, 22nd, 13, 21st. So... The fact that he was able to get out of the of the box fast uh, then tells me that that he was able to at least get it done uh, on this track as well. So I don't know. Like I said, it, it's scary to, to to trust Michael McDowell for much of anything, um, but I'll I'll do it. Also, you got to look at back at Coda, too, where he started twentieth and finished twelfth on the only other road course that we've had this season. So not a bad showing that day either. He outlasted some pretty craziness in front of him to get that finish, too. So it wasn't as if this was just a, a single-file walk in the park. So if he qualifies well, I I think he'll hang on to that position. Or if he qualifies mid-pack, I think he has the skill to to navigate through and, and get some good finishes. Look at some of his last performances last week uh, at uh, at Gateway. He had 47 points, started 29th, finished 9th, or 21st, rather, finished 9th. 23 points a week before that, 23 the week before that. <clears throat> he's at 30th, 25th, 34, 47, 39. Pretty good points performances for Michael McDowell in fantasy. So um, I trust him. I mean, he's $7,400, which scares me a little bit, but I'm going to buy into the hype. So fine, the rest of uh, NASCAR betting community, there's your Michael McDowell pick for the week.
1: There you go. And if you look back at what he's done recently on road courses too, I mean, he had four top eight finishes in six road courses last season. That's pretty solid. Uh, he led 14 laps at Watkins Glen, so that's nothing to to shy away from too much. So there's a lot of hype in the betting community about him, um, which can go either way, right? It can be um, positive that everybody in the betting community is all over him and thinks he's going to have a good week, Then maybe everybody's on to something. It can feel like a trap at times too, so... Keep it in mind, but I do think that he is a good play. We've seen his front row cars be very good, well, week in and week out, just in general, but especially on road courses. uh, Todd Gillen's had some really good finishes. McDowell's had some really good finishes. So these guys are a threat, especially on a type of track like this. This type of track, too, uh, like really levels out guys like that. Like guys like Chris Buescher, guys like Michael McDowell, like if there was a head to head for them against Denny Hamlin or against Joey Logano, like. I'd be more willing to take them in a head to head, which is crazy on an oval. You'd almost never say that. Right. But at a type of track like this, it does. The equipment isn't necessarily the the top thing. It's still nice to have good equipment, obviously, but the driver skill and the road racing ability uh, really comes into play. And McDowell is one of those guys that is really good at it. uh, And he's got some past results. So uh, I do like the McDowell play the, the, the popularity of the pick is the one thing that maybe holds you back a little, but I do still think he's a good play.
0: But listen, you're probably playing against people that don't listen to a ton of podcasts religiously about DFS or about betting, so the general NASCAR public will probably not be on Michael McDowell, which is where you can get an edge, maybe in even some of these smaller tournaments, right, where that's, they're
1: not, you know. That's where I'm always like, it feels like it's super popular, but is like, is it just super popular in the small betting groups that we hang out in, right, where everybody's kind of on the same page, and, you know. So then, it's like maybe it's not that popular. Maybe just in the circles I hang out in, it's where it's popular, right? Yeah, maybe don't play in this DFS because you know. But
0: maybe go out.
1: and <laughs> Yeah. Find so yeah. One. Again, yes. If you are new, we go to our Discord. We have a weekly contest there. Five bucks. We all going to play against each other. Uh, you get to talk shit like uh, Indiana Jones, and, and maybe you end up on the show eventually someday, like he did. So there you go. <laughs> uh,
0: I love it. Uh, all right, we got some low price drivers to get to, uh, but let's do this first. Hey, everybody. If you play fantasy football, especially in auction leagues. And or you're a whiskey fan. Yes, exactly. Check out the Sports Gambling Podcast fantasy football channel show, Old Fashioned Football. Coming to you every Tuesday morning. Give us a listen. We'll bring you the latest fantasy football data, including. The injury report. Studs and duds. Waiver wire targets. And suggested fab. Market movers. After all, we are the Marks. He is my hubby. And she's J Mark's wifey. And we're bringing all this to you while drinking an old-fashioned and giving you our honest review of a different whiskey every week.
1: All that and more. Hop on over, give us a listen, come for the football, stay
0: for the whiskey. This ad's almost done. Going once, going twice. Sold. All right, we've got some low-priced drivers to get to. I'm giving you two because Cody stole mine. My first one is... No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead, Cody. I'll let you <laughs> I'll let you take I did it.
1: Steal, I did steal Rod's pick, which always makes me feel good that we're on the same page, but... <laughs> Zane Smith, he is back in the 38 car this week. Um, I do want to throw that out there, actually. So Todd Gilland, if he was in the 38, I would highly consider him at 5,200. He's in the, I think he's in the 51 for Rick Ware. pump, pump the brakes a little. <laughs> I'm definitely not as high. We'll see where he starts. He still should be in consideration, but he's not going to be as big of a play as maybe you'd want to make if he was in the 38. So it's good to pay attention when these guys We've seen this in the Xfinity Series a lot last season, like John Arnimacek. Massive differences when he was in the Joe Gibbs car, when he was in the Sam Hunt Racing car, right? So we always try to point that out. Wanted to point that out here. But Zane Smith is in the 36. I think I just said the 38, but it's the 36. No, wait. He's in the 38 truck. It is truck. 38. McDowell's the 34. Yes. It's the it's 38 in the Cup Series, too. It's a lot of numbers here. I don't know the language very good, so <laughs> you have to excuse me. <laughs> but, no, Zane Smith, in the 38 car for front row, like we just talked about with Michael McDowell, only 5,700. Love me some Zane Smith. Um, got a couple of starts in the Cup Series so far this year. Just had a 10th place at the Coke 600 in this number 38 car. There's a couple of rough races too. Some of those, uh, you know, been up and down for him a little bit. A nice solid 13th place finish um, in the the other front row car at the Daytona 500 as well. but look back at zane smith first i want to look back at what todd Gilland's done in this car actually so last or this season 10th place at coda Gilland was in this 38 car so we know this 38 car can get those good solid finishes he had a fourth place last year at indy road course and a 16th last year at coda as well so Gilland had some good solid runs in those he was running really good at watkins glenn last year as well uh before he had a mechanical problem that that cost his day um but Zane Smith in the truck series, Rod. Listen to this. Earlier this year at Coda, beat Kyle Bush, beat a bunch of other Cup Series guys in the truck series, won the race. Last season, they had three road course races in the truck series. Zane Smith's average finish, 1.66. He finished first in one of those and second in two of those. Uh, one of those second places was here at Sonoma. So one of those guys that's that's got uh, you know experience already on Sonoma, has good solid finishes. Who'd he finish second to? Kyle Busch. Uh, and then the other one where he was second was Mid-Ohio, where it was an epic battle between him and Parker Kligerman. Kligerman edged him out at the end. But again, three. So the last four truck series races on road courses, the three from last season, the one from this season, two first places, two places. Zane Smith really fucking good at road courses. He's been really good in the cup series. In the, the times we've seen him, he was good in the sixth car. Was it the sixth or the 17? I think it was the sixth he fit, filled in last year uh, in his first ever co- start in the Cup Series. Comes out, runs a great day, uh, filling in for Brad Keselowski while he missed with COVID, all of that. So Zane Smith, we all know he's up-and-coming guy, right? He's likely got a future in the Cup Series, only 5,700. He is a guy that I absolutely love this weekend. Really, really good on road courses. I would not be at all shocked if Zane Smith ends up with a top 10 finish. In fact, I'm going to go look up those odds right now because that actually has just sparked my interest.
0: <laughs> well, and I'll say this too about Zane Smith. He may not qualify well. I mean, it may it may be that he comes out and doesn't have a good qualifying session, puts him towards the back of the pack, and that's good for us because that means I think he's got the skill to pass a lot of these backmarker guys to get around him. Uh, again, we just talked about his ability to do very well in the, the truck series on road courses, but... You know, a lot of times those skills will translate and and it's just a matter of putting that together to a new car versus the truck. So if he can pass, if he can make passes, then we're definitely in for a good. It'll be hard to pass at the front. I mean, I guess that's kind of what we're trying to tell you as well Is when we talk about it'll be hard to make passes. It'll be hard to gain gain track position. That's toward the front toward the rear. A lot of these cars are all sort of bunched together back there anyways, and there will be a lot of passing, especially with pit cycles and how many pit strategy stops you want to make, Three, four, two, one. right? You want to run hard compound tires or soft tires like, oh, wait, I'm sorry, that's F1. Um, but, yeah, it's just a matter of, of, what's, of what strategy you're going to go on. And for me, Zane Smith, I think, does have the ability to pass cars, so I'm going to give him the nod there too.
1: Yeah, and so actually this even goes to my point even more. He's only plus 750 for a top 10 over on Barstool. I got Todd Gilliland last week at – uh, was that last week or was that two weeks ago? might have been – I can't remember. I think that was last week at Gateway. Yeah, he was 14-1 to one for a top 10. Zane's only plus 750 this week. So those odds cut in half basically shows you how scared the books are that he could really get a top 10 finish. Um, and so I think that, that that plays into my point of him being a good – a good DFS play even more because the books have even slashed the odds for that car almost in half to get a top 10 finish because they know the car is capable. They know Zane's capable. Um, and again, one of these things where we wondered, you know, is Gillan just this great of a driver. And I think that he is, but we've seen Zane jump in that car and be just as good. And it's like, okay, not only is Gill a good driver, not only is Zane a good driver, this is a good car as well. Um, and I think we're going to continue to see that this week at, at Sonoma. I concur so
0: much that I was going to put it on there, but uh, you did instead. Uh, All right. I'll move up $200, and I'll go with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. He's $5,900. It's, again, after the, the win at Daytona, it really just hasn't been much to write home about for Ricky Stenhouse. He's had a couple of good... Finishes In the mix, but uh, one thing I was very encouraged by was his finish at Coda. He went from 18th place and finished seventh in that race as well. So it leads me to believe that in this car, at least he knows how to run a solid uh, day at a road course for him at Sonoma Raceway the greatest of track histories even in the 47 he in the 47 he's got a 37th place finish and a 25th place finish but that 25th place finish last season was from a 32nd place start so obviously 10 or almost 10 track places is is okay but where i'm really kind of going with this is that he is right now averaging 31.5 fantasy points per race which at his 5400 price or 5900 price tag that's close to, you know, four times the the what you're getting out of him. I don't know that you're going to get that much out of a lot of these other guys down here at the bottom. Uh, Bolicki, no. Dylan, Ty Dylan, no. Gilliland, no. LaJoy, not on a road course, unfortunately. Harrison Burton, maybe at 5,500. Yeah. Obviously, we know Noah Grax is not going to be in there. Uh, Zane Smith, we already made a case for, but then it's Ricky Stenhouse. Right, right above him is Austin Dillon at sixty one hundred. I may think about that, but I would probably put the brakes on that one too quickly. So in that price range, to me, I just feel like Ricky Stenhouse has the most upside out of everybody to uh, to be able to return value on a DFS day. Again, if I if I read you all of his his stats, it would not make for a very glamorous uh, resume. But what I will say is that at DFS purposes, you're not looking for uh especially out of these guys you're just hoping they don't lose you points and ricky stenhouse hasn't necessarily lost you very many points this season i say as he lost you 11 points last week but go back before that that was the old, that was the first time since uh was it toyota owners 400 that he lost you any points and he's only done that twice this season the rest of the time 42 points at the coke 600 uh 20 points at the goodyear 52 points at the uh, Advent Health 400, 49 at the Geico 400, 44 at the NoCo 400, 58 at the Dirt Race, 48 at uh, Coda. So you're starting to see what I'm talking about, right? He's putting together decent enough fantasy days to make it worth putting almost $6,000 on him as your low-priced guy this week.
1: Over the last 19 road course races for Ricky Stenhouse, he has two finishes of 37th where he had troubles and, and ended the race early. 122nd place, well, and then, yeah, I guess, 125th place finish, every other finish in those 19. So 16 of those 19 has been 22nd or better, which when you're getting down to this low of a number, that's the type of consistency you want. Had some really good runs. Like you said, seventh place at Coda. Um, Things have really just, we've talked about this multiple times. Things have been looking up so much lately for that 47 team since they won the Daytona 500 it makes such a difference to win a race like that and even last week when he got negative points he was running in the top 10 late until the austin and austin show showed up and took him out in that uh, where he got collected with austin dylan and austin center getting together so unfortunately did not cash my top 10 bet but uh, that's okay but no yes ricky Stan i think is a great call out again so freaking cheap too why is he all the way down here at this price does not make a ton of sense to me um, especially with what he's been able to do on road courses. So I think that this is a, is a great call out by you as well. But I think too,
0: that that negative 11 point day, that, that day really did you good. Cause he was at $6,400 the week before, which dropped him down 73 that
1: the week. Like yeah, we've seen him. He's been as high as 8,900 earlier this season at Bristol. I get it was a dirt race and he's a dirt guy, but man, it's, this is just such a low price for the for the Daytona 500, the guy who, according to the NASCAR Twitter interns, is locked into the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, he's locked in, buddy. Uh, don't let anybody tell you any different. Uh, uh, oh, all right. Yeah. Well, get your pen and paper out. We're about to scream to you uh, who we have for our DFS picks for this Toyota Save Mart 350. Cody started you out with Austin Cedric at $9,100. I followed up with Kyle Busch at 10100 Cody gave you Chris Buescher at $7,900. I gave you Michael McDowell at $7,400. Cody gave you Zane Smith at $5,700. I gave you Ricky Stenhouse Jr. at $5,900. Cody, if you put all those up in one, would they all fit in one lineup?
1: Easily, Rod. You got $3,900 left to play with. so There you go. Plenty of space in there to make some adjustments. Um, Again, I wouldn't just play that lineup straight up, of course, but uh, use those big three guys. Again, it all depends on the starting order, but uh, these are all guys that I think you can use in different ways, different forms. Again, if you're doing multiple lineups, get a little bit of each of these guys because uh, they've all definitely got their, their upsides and their perks
0: or else we would not have given them to you in the first place. So
1: that's, that's uh, kind of the goal. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. Well, Cody, uh, we're wrapping up DFS. That's, that's it for this week. Obviously we'll come back tomorrow with one more bonus episode with some bonus bets for you. We're going to load you up with some more bets. As books like to leak stuff out later on in the week. And because we record on Tuesdays, we don't always necessarily get to give all the juicy ones to you. So, we're going to come back since there's no trucks to give you some bonus bets for the week, uh, and I'm excited about that. I'll tell you that right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Bonus bets, stuff that's that's popping up throughout the week. If there's any of those uh, boosts out there that we like, we'll give you those. Going to get in the parlay lab tonight, build up a nice NASCAR parlay for you. We've got the Hamlin Mania bracket has, uh wrapped up, so we'll announce the winner and uh, everything tomorrow as well. So, yeah, be sure to tune back in, and uh, make sure you follow me on Twitter, at Husker underscore Zeb. You can find all my work over there. Um, Got some articles out on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Got some more stuff in the works. A couple NFL articles coming this week. Uh, We're close to NFL season already again, Rod. It's right around the corner. So I'm happy about that. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you tomorrow.
0: We are all happy about that. Follow me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Link in the bio to everything I got going on, whether it's here, whether it's in between media, back road kicking tonight. We're going to be talking some Sonoma as well join us over there or catch it on youtube and then of course post qualifying check out my article for for frequency sake A little nascar action going on over there we'll see you tomorrow for our bonus bet episode and until next time let's go racing and let it ride